Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Happy hump day to everybody out there. It is Wednesday the 29th. We've had a great month so far. We've had a pretty solid three months. Uh, one more month in 2023. Can't believe it's going by this fast. It's it's zooming by. Uh Great month. Great month in the stock market. And yeah. Oh, well, let me do this real quick. So we have a quote of the day and it's from Charlie Munger. So if for those of you who don't know, Charlie Munger passed away, I think yesterday, he was 99 years old. Okay. So not to be unexpected, but still sad. Nonetheless, Charlie Munger is basically Warren Buffett behind the scenes. So Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger created Berkshire Hathaway. Jeez, who knows how long ago. I think in their 20s, so at least the 60s. Uh, could be even before that, to be completely honest. But Charlie Munger wasn't one for the spotlight. He was a quiet guy. And this is this is a quote from him that I thought was really impressionable. It's simple, but it's still profound. So only three things will ruin people. Drugs, liquor, and leverage. So the first two, I don't need to explain those to you. But leverage, leverage from a bird's eye view from a super high level. It's just borrowing other people's money. It's investing with borrowed money. So think of those people that go to the casino and they get a hundred grand from the mob boss and then they go and blow it in one day. And then the mob boss comes and, or the tough guy that the mob boss hired comes and breaks a thumb or two. Uh, that's pretty much what this is. Leverage is just borrowing and investing with other people's money. But that's a pretty profound statement coming from one of the most successful men ever to live. Uh, R.I.P. to Charlie Munger, and I wish his family the best. I was very sad when I heard that. Uh, okay, enough doom and gloom. We're we're having a good day in the stock market. Uh, but before I do that, I want to, before I get into the news and the headlines, I have some breaking news that I think is prevalent. And although it, it does make me want to change today's entire schedule for the podcast, I'm going to just briefly talk about it. I'll try to keep it under a minute or two. But Cigna and Humana are in talks for a blockbuster merger. So that's healthcare industry, guys. So think health insurance. And if any of you know me, you know I'm very passionate about the healthcare field, uh, about healthcare in America in general. And it's because everyone in my family is medical. Every single person in my family besides me works in either a doctor's office or a hospital. Okay, so really picture that. Dinner was tough for me because I had to make sure I ate quickly before they started talking about all the ER stories, right? About all the stories of what they've removed from people's bodies that day. Uh, and it's way more than you think. Okay, it's way more than you think. I basically lived Grey's Anatomy, ER, uh, Scrubs, all those shows. I pretty much survived that every single day with my family. Um, but yeah, the the reason I'm passionate about it is because it stinks Health insurance, healthcare in America stinks. And it's not that I want it to be public. You know, I don't want universal healthcare or I don't want entire competition and privatized healthcare. But whatever we have right now, it's in the it's in the in between those two. It's some sort of mutated, grotesque monster of both. And it's horrible. The only reason it kind of works is because globally we are we do have elite research, elite surgeons, elite doctors. Um, you may go to Ukraine or India for some riskier, uh, some riskier new research surgery, but everybody else from all over the world is coming to America because they know it's going to get done right correctly. 
for the most part, for the most part. But what, what I think this is going to do is this going to create a shift in the healthcare industry. Ideally, again, I said, I'm not going to pick one or the other private or public, but we got to do one or the other. I can't, nobody wants this mutated hybrid in the middle. Okay. It's expensive for us, the regular people, the doctors, surgeons, nurses, PAs, NPs, they don't get paid enough yet. They're the people actually doing the labor of the task. And then we're mad at them. The public's mad at the doctors because you think they're the ones charging the prices, but it's not them. It's the hospitals and the insurance companies. Doctors, I promise you, severely, grotesquely underpaid, grotesquely underpaid. And you might say, oh, they make $400,000 a year. That's not underpaid. A lot of those doctors work 100 hours a week. Okay, so all you have to do is bump that up. What, what is that hourly? And you can see, oh, wow, they really don't have it that good. Okay, not only that, but most of them start quarter of a million dollars in debt. So this is going to change the game, I think, with the health insurance field. It lowers the amount of major health company, health insurance companies. Not a big fan of that. Uh, I wish we would do something to either to, to make it less disgusting, I guess is what I would say. Less grotesque. But those are public companies. It's kind of worth looking into as an investment piece. Okay, I already ranted more than I said I would. Let me look at some of these headlines. I found two that I thought were really fun for today. Uh, Mark Cuban is set to sell a majority stake in Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he's going to sell it to the casino mogul, Sheldon Adelson, Adelson, I think, uh, $2 billion. That's what she's, uh, buying it for. And she, her husband created one of the biggest casino rings in the world. Not entirely sure what that is. Um, if it's Las Vegas or somewhere, Saudi Arabia, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think you can even gamble in Saudi Arabia. I don't don't know why I said that. And then the last one here is talking to chatbots is now a $200,000 job. So let me explain that real quick. So if you opened up ChatGPT and you said, let's just use this podcast as an example. So I take the transcript of this podcast. I put it in GPT and I say, please give me five different article titles of ways I could describe or five different article titles of ways I could title this podcast within 21 seconds. It's going to come up with all of them and they're going to be pretty good. Okay. Pretty solid. So basically what this is, the reason I'm bringing this up is because that might take me 30 minutes to really think about something good, but it takes that thing 20 seconds. Okay. So that's why it's useful. That's why it's pertinent. I don't think it's going to take away anything. I mean, I wouldn't want a robot telling me how to invest just because so many of you out there, you have very similar situations to other people. Like granted, probably 90% of people don't, they don't need custom stuff. They need a cookie cutter general idea. And then it needs to be tweaked based upon their preferences. AI bots not going to be able to pick up on those preferences, right? So it's just going to put you in a, a 2055 retirement date fund, charge you two grand for it. And then that's going to be, that's going to be your advice. And you're going to think that's good. But then when everybody else is also in that and it hasn't been changed and that dips, a large portion of the population is going to dip. And then a large portion of the population is going to take their money out, out of fear. And it's just going to cause all these 
domino effects. So I don't think you should be worried about AI in any field. I think it's just going to make things a little bit more efficient, at least for the next 50 years. Okay, so unless you're five months old, don't worry about the the AI taking over. Uh, let's get into, oh, we got to say what the stock market is today. So it's at 4,567.40 right now, and the da that's the S&P, and the Dow is at 35,543.82, uh, spot 82. So 35,543.82. Again, we're moving on up. It's been green. That's pretty, pretty good for everybody who's in the market, which is what I've been saying to be, unless you need the money, okay? Unless you need the money, don't let your fear take over. For the most part, everybody's situation is different, but that would be my advice to a majority of people. Okay, let me read this article. I've got seven minutes here. So U.S. stocks open higher as S&P 500 flirts with four-month highs after a bond rally continues. And again, let me preface this. I'm not a big bond guy. I don't like bonds. I don't think they're... They really only make sense, in my opinion, if you're ultra wealthy or if you're in retirement. Okay, outside of that, I don't think they make sense. Uh, make sense as in they don't fit most people's portfolio and retirement goals, investment goals. Okay, let me get to the article for the day here. So it's titled U.S. Stocks Open Higher as S&P 500 Flirts with Four-Month Highs After Bond Rally Continues. U.S. stocks were extending their November rally on Wednesday morning as Treasury yields continue to fall on increased hopes that the Federal Reserve is done raising benchmark interest rates. The S&P was rising on Wednesday morning, extending one of its strongest November rallies and putting it on pace to book its best month in over a year as stocks were bolstered by declining U.S. borrowing costs. The yield of the 10-year Treasury, which is in October, which in October hit a 16-year peak just above 5%, slid to about 4.28 in early Wednesday trading as investors boosted bets that easing inflation will encourage the Fed to stop raising policy rates and even begin trimming rates within several months. The chance that the central bank would cut rates by March 2024 by at least 25 basis points was priced at 45.5% Wednesday morning, up from 21% in the previous session. The shift follows comments on Tuesday from Fed Governor Chris Waller, who suggested current monetary policy is well positioned to slow the economy and bring inflation back to 2%. His remarks were seen by the market as confirmation that the Federal Reserve is done raising interest rates, which aligns with the market sentiment as, a sentiment as additional hikes had already been largely priced out earlier in the month, said Stephen Enes, managing partner at SPI Asset Management. Investors will be keen to see if Waller's supposedly more dovish stance is replicated by Fed Chair Officials talking on Wednesday include Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin, who is expected to make a TV appearance at 10 a.m., while Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester is due to speak at 1.45 p.m. All of these are in Eastern time, by the way. In U.S. economic data, the economy grew at 5.2% seasonally adjusted annual rate in the third quarter. The Bureau of Economic Analysis said on Wednesday, the reading came in above expectations of 5% and above the estimated 4.9%. Okay, so uh, what does all that mean? It means the articles you're going to be seeing here, okay, article titles, it's going to all be green. It's going to be stock markets set for another boom. Uh, and then you're going to see the other side of it. Worst stock market crash in history. Uh, we've never seen a crash like this. It'll be both. Okay, it'll be both because extremes sells stuff. It sells stuff. Okay, just like sex sells, so does extreme. Fear sells, uh, promises sell, 
all these either or sell. Okay. I try my hardest to be in the middle. Okay. Unless we're talking about a specific equity or a specific, maybe I guess market like electric vehicles, man, I can't tell you how I'm just so high on the electric vehicle market. And now with the batteries, the wars, it just, it's going to take a back seat because electric vehicles are a, they're uh what's, what's the term? Um, rich people problems, I guess you could say it would be the correct term. You can't have electric vehicles if we're having wars because it just, it's electric vehicles is it's such a commodity. It's such a, like a luxury, I guess I would say they're not easy to make. And they're also not that great yet. Okay. They are not that great. I had a friend rent a Tesla and try to ride from Arizona to California They said they had to stop like twice for 45 minutes each time just to charge the battery. Okay, so there it's it's not quite a science yet. I still think it's worth a long-term play, especially in Neo. That's my favorite one. It's a free stock pick for y'all. But even that position, I was wrong about that. Okay, I was well, hold on, let me cover my bases. I was not wrong in the sense that I said something specific about it, but I was wrong in the hype of it. I thought by now it would be a $100 stock. I think it's $7. When I first recommended it, it was about four. Okay. Then it went up to 21. Then it went down to 15 and then it went all the way up to $60. And that's like 2021, somewhere around then it was right around COVID. And now it's at $7 again. Okay. So think about that volatility. That's a wide range. That's a massive, that's, that's millions of dollars made for somebody and millions of dollars lost for somebody. I bring all that up just to say that when we hear these uh, article titles, I want you to take everything with a grain of salt. That's why you need to be doing either your own research or you need to sit it and forget or hire somebody. Okay. Everybody should at least know how to change their tires on their car. They should at least know how to do that, but you don't really need to know how to change your oil. You don't really know how to need to change your filters Uh, fix your engine, the chassis. You don't need to do all that stuff. The brakes, that's not important. You hire somebody for that, right? Because that's a specialist job. I think managing your wealth outside of your health is very, very important. It's the second most important thing outside of your health. Okay. So either you're going to learn how to do it. You got to hire somebody to do it. I'm here to help with both. My goal here is that I manage money for people who their ideal situation is I don't want to do it. I like James. I trust James. Let's, let's give it to his firm. Or there are people who are like, I can do this myself. I just want, you know, a second opinion or I want, uh, something to bounce ideas off of. That's me. Okay. That's what I want this to be for you guys. I'm not here to take your money. And most advisors are. Okay. Let me be clear about that. Most advisors are there to try to get your money. They view you as a number. I don't want to view people as a number. I want to view your money as numbers. Let's view that as numbers and you as a person. Um, again, I'm ranting. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm, I'm ranting my tail off today. Um, there is one other thing I wanted to say before I hop off here. Where is it? I knew I took a picture of it. Uh, let's see. Okay. This is a Warren Buffett quote. And I want to state this because I think this is really, really pertinent to the yesterday, or was it Monday? Yeah. Monday's FOMO and Foley fear of losing it, fear of missing out. Okay. We need something in between. Okay. Either or something in between. 
Okay. To refer to a personal taste of mine, I'm going to buy hamburgers the rest of my life. When hamburgers go down in price, we sing the hallelujah chorus in the Buffett household. When hamburgers go up in price, we weep. For most people, it's the same thing. It's the same with everything in their life that they will be buying, except stocks. When stocks go down and you can get more for your money, people don't like them anymore. Okay, what does that mean? People view stocks as what they're they're getting from it. Okay, so they view like Apple. I buy $50 of Apple. Well, they view Apple as a cash cow. So now Apple's $1,000 50 years from now. That's how they view it. So when they buy it at 50 and it goes down to 30, instead of saying, oh, let me buy more, they're expecting Apple to give them to be their income. You can't expect investments to be your income until you've purchased a lot of them. Okay, a lot, a lot, a lot. If you have $1 million and you put it in a, I don't know, AT&T, I think their dividend is 7% right now. Okay, you're going to get 70 grand. Okay, but if you put $1 into AT&T, you're going to get 7 cents. You understand how that works? So you have to have money to make money. And the whole point of what I'm saying is work hard, do the right thing, have a value perspective like Warren Buffett does, meaning don't just go, don't just think growth, think value. What is something you're going to use for the rest of your life? Okay. Oil, uh, retail, clothing, cell phones, AT&T, those types of things, those types of investment philosophies, that's it. That's what makes you rich. Okay. That's what really makes you rich. And also remember if you're young, if you're 20 and you're like, oh, I want to make it by the time I'm 25, I want to be a millionaire. There's two ways to do that. Okay. Well, there's many, but really there's two ways, inherit money or create a business. Okay. So either way, someone worked really, really hard and that's really what you have to do. That that's, that would be my advice. You're not going to get super ultra wealthy, rich off of stocks, but if you play that game, somebody else will. I promise you, they'll take you for your money. It's like playing poker. Uh, Guys, that is it for me today. As always, invest early, invest often. We'll see you later this week.